all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world and it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. Let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. Here you are back to work and your kiddos are coming back from vacation and many of them have been vegging out these last two weeks and here they are back to speech therapy. So maybe perhaps you're dealing with what my cis member this week was dealing with, which was dysregulated children. So I'm going to share with you an email I received this week from a CIS member in my response to that email today, because I think that she is not alone. I think many of us are dealing with this challenge right now, and that is dysregulated children. She in particular was talking about preschoolers who she works with in speech therapy who were dysregulated and she was finding that it was difficult to obtain their attention and engagement because of all of the distracting stimuli in the therapy room. So she asked for advice. What should she do in the case of children turning to activity to activity, tearing the therapy room apart, running around the room? What do you do then? And that's what this episode is about. I'm going to share with you three game-changing tips when it comes to how to engage children who are hard to engage. Before we begin, I'm going to just share with you where I start when it comes to working with children who are generally dysregulated, and this is their very first formal education experience. When they first come into therapy, I know already from the parent input form what are their absolute favorite activities? What are their favorite songs? What are their favorite books? What are their favorite characters? Everything. What are their favorite toys? And I take all of that and I put it in a bin and I cover that bin with a quilt and I have that bin right next to me. That is their treasure. This is what they like the most. And I am going to become a dispenser of those wonderful things. And in doing so, the child is going to pair me with all things good. And suddenly I've become a lot more interesting to the child. So that's what I'm going to do before I start. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to find out what the child loves. I'm going to go and gather those things up. I'm going to keep them in a disclosed place right next to me so that I've got the goods in my hands and I can pair those good things with myself. 
So that's the first thing they do. I also have AAC, some form of augmentative communication available from day one. So minimally, I'm able to model uh, communication using printed word and pictures with a scoreboard, or I'm able to use sentence strips, just anything at all, or an AAC device if I have it on hand. Just from day one, I want to pair not only myself with these wonderful experiences, but I also want to bring these experiences to life by pairing them with words and the printed word and pictures right from day one. I have the augmentative and alternative communication there as well, low tech and high tech if you have it, so that you can begin modeling for the child the words and the print and combining that with their favorite things as well as yourself. So that's what I do behind the scenes before I even meet the child. So now I'm going to share with you three variables that are going to help you engage a child who is difficult to engage. The first one is using the variable of space. Now, if you have a big open room, right? The problem with that is it's going to be hard for you to stand out in that sea of sensory distraction. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to section off a piece of that room. And then you can have maybe the activity set up on a little table. The child can stand next to the table. The child can sit next to the table. It's a little structured up. And what that allows you by structuring it up is it allows you to not have this big sea of distraction for which the child has to attend to you and attend to the activity that you're doing with this huge sea of distraction all around you. So we're kind of limiting that by by making the space smaller. The second thing I want you to do for children who are difficult to engage is I want you to think about the preferential activity. So I told you in the beginning, I have their highest rewarding activities, songs, whatever it is that they love. That's what we're doing. Now, over time, I want you to incorporate more activities, a greater variety of activities. This is extremely important. In the past, I would just follow the child's lead and do what the child loved. And in essence, I would box the child and myself in to a few of the favorite activities for the child. And what would happen is we were missing out on so many educationally rich learning experiences in doing so. If all we're doing is trains and dinosaurs and vehicles and nothing else the whole school year, there is a response cost. There's a price in that. And that price is that you're missing out on all of these other wonderful experiences when neuroplasticity is at its highest level. So we really want to expose the child to a variety of experiences. In the beginning, we're using the highest rewarding activities. Over time, we have activities they like, and then activities they're kind of meh about, and then activities that are mutually rewarding. And then by the end of the school year, many of these children, they're engaging in the activities that are presented to all children in the school that are educationally rich. So that gives them a greater variety of experiences. And this is important. Diversity is the spice of neuronal life. 
When your brain encounters new learning experiences, it tells the brain you need to create new neuronal connections. We want that happening when neuroplasticity is at its greatest level. We want to feed that. So in the beginning, we're doing what you love. Then we're going to do what you like. Then we're going to do what you're kind of not, not big on. And later, we're going to do things that you've never even tried before. So think about it that way. We're moving to the highest preferential to non-preferential activities over time. Now, the third variable I want you to keep in mind when it comes to engaging children who are hard to engage. And that third variable is the complexity of the task. So in the very beginning, you have a very simple task that the child can independently manipulate. So for instance, the ball shoot, where the ball goes down the chute, or a car chute, or a shape sort, or, or puzzles, things that the child really, really loves, and the child's really good at manipulating. Over time, I want to make that more complex. Because in the real world, when we manipulate objects such as putting clothing on or toileting or washing our hands, these are multiple step processes or engaging in symbolic play or pretend play or sports or anything we're doing, it's multiple step. So we want to move away from that. And once again, you can very easily get stuck in these cause-effect toys in the beginning because they are so rewarding with for the children because they can master them. They're very comforting. But we want to always think about how can I make this a multiple-step activity? So it could be as simple as first you're going to request the shape and then you're going to get the shape. So always thinking about how can I make this two-step or three-step or four-step activity, or an activity in which they use two hands or where they cross their midline. How can we increase the complexity of this activity? Because in the real world, what we do is really complex in terms of motor coordination, in terms of the number of tasks that we're sequencing. So in the beginning, we're going to go simple, but we're going to add over time, two-step, three-step, four-step, five-step. We're going to add the complexity of the task over time. Those are the three variables that we're going to keep in mind. And when you have a child who is hard to engage, who is all over the room, who's turning from activity to activity, and you can't get this child's attention, I want you to think of a quote that Brene Brown said in closing. And her quote was this, kids need boundaries. Boundaries are like the handrails on the bridge. So don't think that by taking these bare variables and manipulating these three variables of having a limited space, having the highest rewarding activities in the beginning, having simpler activities in the beginning, you're being directive. Don't think of that in that sense at all. You're being empowering. What you're doing is you're providing this child with handrails so that the child can independently cross the bridge. And over time, that bridge is going to get more and more complex. But you offering these boundaries enables the child to be successful. So when we don't have these boundaries in place and we see the child dysregulated and all over the room and turning from activity to activity, pulling everything out, what you're really seeing is there's no handrails here. We fail to put up handrails so that this child can successfully cross the bridge.
I don't want you thinking about what am I going to do to the child? You're going to keep your hands off of the child. What I want you to think is, what am I going to do to the environment? What am I going to do in creating activities that are challenging yet within the child's reach? What am I going to do behind the scenes to create those handrails so that this child could cross this bridge and go to the next level? That's what it's about when it's about how to engage children or hard to engage. It's how to provide those handrails so that they can be successful. So I want you to take all of this information, roll up your sleeves, and make the world a better place one child at a time. You are always going to be first. 